This is Meet the Movie Press. It's November the 2nd, 2018. Gladiator 2, Ewan McGregor goes bad for DC, plus a cheeky exclusive. And the week's big releases, and of course, the box office. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It's November the 2nd, 2018. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on social media at showbizsimon and on Twitter and Instagram. There's also a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. With me, as usual, are Dimitri and Scott. Dimitri, Hi. who are you and where can we find you? Uh, well, Dimitri Pano, so ask me how I am, by the way. How are you? I'm buffo! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was the funniest thing. And you can find me here at Popcorn Talks Meet the Movie Press and Popcorn Talks Anatomy of a Movie. Unfortunately, uh, you'll, you won't find me this week because after coming back from Miami, seeing hordes of movies there. Just didn't have time. I just did didn't you? have time That's to no catch problem. up with the movies today. Uh, Scott, who are you and where can we find you? I am the other Scott M. You can find mm. me on Twitter and Instagram. You can go to weliveentertainment.com and I'll save the rest of the speech for the end of the show. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, a lot of stuff to get <laughs> through this week. <laughs> a lot of stuff to get through this week. First of all, guys, let's talk about a story that broke yesterday. Gladiator sequel. Uh, moving forward with Ridley <laughs> Scott directing. Now, this is kind of a, an idea that has been floating around ever since Gladiator came out, which was a long time ago. I, I had hair when that movie came out, so that's that's how long ago it was. Um, I mean, there were rumours that... We don't know exactly what the plot is going to be at this point. There were rumours that it was going to feature Russell Crowe's ghost. Well, obviously his character's ghost, not Russell Crowe's ghost. He's very much alive. Um, I mean, there are lots of ideas about what this could be, because obviously film Twitter... Uh, do, do we need, do you want a sequel to Gladiator? No. Should it be the same characters or should it be all new ones? Discuss. I just didn't know it was part of the Marvel Universe and the Thanos <laughs> snap. So I guess, you know, maybe he didn't die at the end of Gladiator. What the, like, for, for again, file under sequel we never asked for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why? Uh, Popular movie yeah. makes comeback. I, I'm with you. It's like, when I heard this, I was like... Yeah, serious? You're serious. But I guess they are serious. And really, Scott's serious about it, too, which is even more strange. This is part of this continual obsession in, in Hollywood, I think, with movies that are successful or have an enduring popularity. We touched on this in the show last week. Yes. Where people think, let's do it again. Again! Again! Um, <laughs> and I just don't think all movies lend themselves to that. There are often movies where they end, and I'm like, that was awesome. I'd really yes. like some more. It doesn't actually mean that we should have more and Hollywood should give me what I want. Yeah, I just don't get... The, like, just finish freaking Aliens and get them to LV426 before you do a damn Gladiator 2 movie. Like, what... what? Hollywood's not short of ideas and Ridley Scott, to me, is is, is a, a phenomenal filmmaker. Yeah. However, I think he is, to an, a certain extent... When he does some really original content, it's it's really not as good as it should be. Did right. a movie uh, about the wine country with Russell Crowe sure. a number of years ago, and that wasn't very good. Um, he did, obviously, he's done a couple of the Alien movies, sure. and that, those haven't really been up to par. I, I would really like to see him put a lot more time and effort into something that is original and really plays to his original strengths as a filmmaker. Right. I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, he Gladiator's a great movie. I'm not taking away from Gladiator. No, and, and what are they going to call this? Gladiator T-O-O question mark? Gladiator 2? See you glad later. See you. I just don't, again, for the talents of Ridley Scott. Yeah. And what he already has on his plate. And and again, I don't want to be ageism or ageist. I mean, he ain't getting younger. No. There yeah. are so many other projects that he could go forward with that he already has on his plate. Yeah. Gladiator 2 to me isn't one that he should do or anybody else should. I think sometimes a self-contained movie is just that. Yes. We don't need a sequel. I agree. It, I, and I want to say that, you know, it's unnecessary. It's just, that's the word. It's unnecessary. There's no reason this should be even talked about right now. The yep. movie end ended it's a one movie deal that's it we I, don't need it is it potentially one of these things that you know is in development um is moving forward but never eventually sees the light of day i mean th th you know the, the the flaws of the studios of hollywood are littered with 
good intentions, great ideas and scripts that were never sure. made. Yes. I mean, I can go into any executive's office in Hollywood and there are shelves and cupboards and rooms of scripts <laughs> that were great ideas. Some are sequels, some original products, some are IPs that'll sit there for 15, 20 years. Right. And they just never happen. Do you think realistically this will go at any point along the road? And then they might just turn around and go, do you know what, guys? Shit idea. It wasn't written as if that were the case this week. Yep. It wasn't discussed that way. No. I mean, it was really talked. It, it was talked about in a serious level that this is going to happen and that this would potentially be his next project. Mm. And it's, you know, and I've read, especially after Alien Covenant, like how many things he had his, you know, he had his hands in. It's like, oh, my God. I mean, at least he's busy. God bless him yep. for being busy. But this just is one that should just remain in the show. Actually, Again, nobody should be attached to it. It's like you I said, it's, it's unnecessary. I mean, Russell Crowe, I'm assuming, <clears throat> I'm going to make a massive assumption here because he was basically Gladiator. Yeah. Yes. I would assume that he would in some way come back or have some involvement, whether that would be in flashbacks, Ghost, whether it's a prequel, whether it's a story that runs alongside in the timeline and somehow they weave that in. Uh, there are lots of options that, that they have available. Russell Crowe, hasn't really had a hit movie for quite a while. What was the last hit movie that Russell Crowe had? It's a good five... Cinderella Man? Cinderella Man, which is what, 10 years ago? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to look at his IMDb, but I can tell you the last movie that I really liked him in was The Nice Guys. Oh, I mean, yeah, I love yeah, The yeah, Nice Guys. Guys. Great I mean, it wasn't, not a massive you know, hit, though. Not a massive yeah, hit. deserved to be. But it was it, great. And, and again, when you talk about sequel... That's a movie that I would go see this evening. The Mummy. The Mummy. The Mummy. The the Mummy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was in The Mummy. Yeah. Yeah. He was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He was supposed to be Dr. Jekyll. He was the best part of that movie. He was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Sure. Yes. I mean, I I, I agree with you. I think the story's being written, but a lot of these stories are written that it's something that is moving ahead, that is something that's happening, but sometimes they they do stumble and fall and projects. I mean, a great example is The Crow. I mean, the amount of times that that has been confirmed is moving forward with with cast and director, and that's that's back um, to to the home plate already. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't strike me as a movie, as much as I rewatch Gladiator, and I really love that movie, and you left wanting more, just because you want more doesn't mean you should have more. Right. And it's a beautiful film, too, from the way that it's shot. I mean, it's yeah. a really good movie. It's self-contained. I mean, it yes. has a beginning. It has a middle. It has an end. There was nothing that I can recall. Any loose ends that needed we to be We can make this up. into a spinoff. <laughs> yeah. So, no. I'm no, like, no, move I, along. I was like, move no, along, I'm, I'm not excited by that at uh, all. I'm open to the idea if it's a good idea, if it's yeah. a good plot, I'll wait until that. But right now, it's really not. Yeah, and then know, and then we're gonna get putting any Tro- lead in the pencil. Yeah, and then we're gonna get Troy too. Oh yeah, shortly there. Oh my god. Well, I, I actually um, on Halloween, uh, my wife and I were at downtown uh, LA. We went to the Walt Disney Concert Hall mm. uh, for the first time. Great venue, by the way. I've always looked at the outside. Loads of photos of that, but first time I went inside and watched uh, Nosferatu. Mm. Um, and they were doing like a live organ accompaniment. It was really impressive. It's the most impressive organ I've seen for a while. Um, uh, uh, and um, <laughs> and it was, but at the end, I was like, my wife was like, oh, thank God they didn't. <laughs> that, that movie came out at a time where there weren't sequels. And I was like, now, if they made it, it would be like Nosferatu. No. And then Nosferatu. Nosferatu. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, to the hood. Yeah, back, back, in, the back hood. in the hood. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that just that just made me chuckle. Um, we were we were chuckling about it, and there's a guy looking next to me, like <laughs> I couldn't tell whether he was like "fuck you" or whether he was like "I'm going into my executive meeting on Wednesday morning and I'm bitching that." Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, you and Mc- Nosferatu. Two. Yeah. <laughs> Two Nos, two Ferratu. Um, D2? So, me, no. Uh, Ewan McGregor is going to play the Batman villain Black Mask in Birds of Prey. <clears throat> this was a story that broke this week. Obviously, that's in the DC universe. Uh, not the only movie that Ewan is doing at the moment when it comes to Warner Brothers. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's in Doctor Sleep, which is the Shining sequel as well. So, he's obviously got some kind of ongoing relationship there with Warner. They're very keen to use him in a number of high-profile projects. Exciting for me to see Ewan McGregor do this kind of role. Yes. Um, I mean, for me, the best thing he's done in a long time, I actually really loved him in uh, Christopher Robin this year. Mm-hmm. That didn't do as well as it perhaps should have done, in my opinion, but uh, great movie. Uh, what are your thoughts on this casting? 
I think it's great. You and I talked about this before. Mm-hmm. This, this is the DC movie we're both really behind. Absolutely. And I'm so excited that this cast list just keeps building and building. I mean, they have great female leads, and now they have him as the villain. I think this is going to be terrific. Yeah, I'm really... You're right. This movie I am really looking forward to. And and I think it, it does... It checks off all the boxes for DC, um, being that... It could be the start of a, a new franchise, mm-hmm. uh, women-centric. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are great characters. If you've ever read the comic books, uh, I, I did see the short-lived television series for a while mm-hmm. that was just starting to get its stride. I like what they're doing. So you have women-centric. It's slightly a little bit dark, but it takes place in the Gotham universe, which fans love, of DC yeah. know that universe. So yep. you can have Batman come in and out of that universe it really, I, I'm really looking forward to this. I hope they don't screw it up. Good question. Should they bring <clears throat> Batman in and out of this, or should they just leave it as Birds of Prey with a footnote that it's Batman related? Mm. Should they the first do one crossovers? They should, in the first one, they should leave them out. Agree. I agree with but that. But maybe a spoiler thing at the end of the credits. Yeah. Perhaps. I mean, it wouldn't bother me. Because, again, it's it's something that... As far as Batman goes, like this is my territory. Yeah. Don't mess things up for me. Yeah, like he shouldn't get in their way. I wouldn't mind like a, a like a cameo, but if he's not in it, and you just give it to them, like just give it to those the the three main cast. Mm. Let them fight and get over their conflicts for, for for the one movie. And like you said, maybe bring it up as the end credit, like the the bat signal. Yeah. pops up or something like that yeah. but i love like those characters are great so i really think that it plays into a universe that fans already like i'm all in it's really good for me it's really difficult to, to to effectively and a lot of people more people do it badly than do it well is getting a character that was is within a universe and shoehorning them into a movie yes. where it seems like you're not shoehorning them into a movie. It's often done very, very badly. It's, and it's, it, this goes for cameos in a lot of movies as well. Uh, for me, certainly with this, I, I mean, I, I, from what I've read up on Birds of Prey, it's, it's really interesting as a, as a proposition, as an IP. I think they would be best served if they purely use Batman as an off-screen narrative driver mm-hmm. who is referenced so you're aware that's part of the thing, but he isn't physically in the movies. That's a- they sort of kind of did with Certainly, the television series. Yeah, and I think really this is something that, that yeah. would be quite nice. You're still referencing the, the universe and the heritage, and you can even have, like you say, bat signal and stuff like that. But you don't want scenes just like, I know. Hey, ladies, I'm the Batman. <laughs> you know, it's just, right. I just wouldn't, I'm it's Batman. not a Batman movie. Right. So, you know, and sometimes it works in the Marvel universe, and sometimes I'm like, oh, cheers. Yes. That's awkward. That doesn't really yeah. work. You seem like you wrote that scene after everything else. Um, so I think if they're very careful with it, and I think they do it that way. For me personally, that would that would play better. right. Unless they do something like they did with Wonder Woman, yeah, where they you know they kind of introduce Bruce Wayne a little bit in there. Yeah. Sure, I, I think that's a good way of handling it. Um, but you're right. I mean, there, he should not. That be... That was an example of them of, of people in Hollywood doing it well. Right. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, he just should not be a main character. In no. This movie. Yeah. No. And no, it no, shouldn't no. detract. And, and no, yeah. not at all. No. So no. they shouldn't try to force a cameo. It should either be an end credit or do some clever thing where it's like a yeah. plot description and like the beginning and the end right. that ties together. But no. And, and the other thing that I like about this too is that it's Birds of Prey. And <laughs> please don't take this as an insult, you comic book readers and such. But it's sort of. It, they're like the Guardians of the Galaxy in the in the sense that it's like a B team, mm-hmm. right? They're not main comic book heroes, yeah. right? So I like the fact that we're going into, um, from a cinematic standpoint, uncharted territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like, they're going to have to, like, they'll learn, like, who these women are C- and Oracle and all that stuff. And I Certainly that. for me, that, that actually makes, and again, this is both Marvel and DC, they make some of the best movies. Absolutely. They're the most interesting because you don't come with a shitload of baggage. Right, right. You don't come with a load of pre-existing preconceptions of what other people have done with them. It's yeah. just, it's really nice. It actually is, is a lot easier to consume. 
especially if you're an outsider who's never come to no. Birds of Prey isn't even aware of Birds of Prey. Right. Let's look at what people are saying in the chat. Uh, first of all, uh, shout out to Sky Patterson, uh, who said, Ewan McGregor uh, playing Black Mask sounds awesome. I hope he does a great job in the role. Pray the filming goes well and hope the film is successful. And also we should, should, should uh, congratulate Sky um, on uh, his first job, second day today. Uh, good luck with that, Sky. Really pleased that you got good that luck. job. I know Sky's been looking for that and, and what, for quite a while. What's he doing? Uh, he's doing? working in the food industry. Nice. So really pleased. That Congratulations. He's, he's, Congratulations, Sky. Good job. Uh, we are behind you. Do it. And make sure you tell all your co-workers about the show. Yes, please. Because um, yeah. hopefully they'll... Uh, what are you all... watching? Meet the Movie Press. Yeah. 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 You really should Nine, do that. 10. Which is available on, on YouTube yeah. Yeah. Uh, or also and, on and, iTunes and, and Spotify. And send us some food. Xena uh, Arrow was saying, I kind of always want... By the time it gets here, it's going to be very cold. I don't suggest you send it That's through okay. the mail. Xena <laughs> uh, Arrow saying, kind of always wanted... This is going back to Gladiator. Uh, I always wanted... Uh, the Nick Cave version of Gladiator 2 to actually happen. It sounded insane. A lot of people have been talking about that online this week, um, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, Jack Dennis saying, uh, oh, talking about Halloween there for a second. Uh, straight Edge Vegan Belt. Hey, how you oh, doing, Straight hey, Edge? How are you? Uh, love Gladiator. Why not just make something similar and not tie it in? Just get mm. original. I mean, that's an option, but to be honest with you, it, it, then if it's just another Gladiator movie, and it's nothing to do with Gladiator. You're competing with Gladiator. Mm. And I'm just kind of like, you, you either either do something that's linked or don't do something kind of a toy. It could be tenuously linked, but I think just doing a standalone would be quite weird. Um, yeah, so Zeno is saying, question for the crew. What other rumoured uh, slash unproduced projects you wished happened? For me, Alien 5, Guillermo del Toro's At the Mountains of Madness, and Escape from Earth, to name a few. I'll have a think about that. You know, uh, since he mentioned Guillermo del Toro, I'll, I'll say right now, Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion. Oh, I mean, yeah. What the hell? Talk yeah. about a project that's been really talked about. Yeah. He loves that. He loves... He has a room in his house designed after her room in the haunted mansion that's what i'm waiting yep. for uh zeno uh you know you and gregor is an excellent choice for black mask i agree uh westy kid saying you and mcgregor most likely took the role because his girlfriend mary elizabeth is in it maybe that's connected maybe Whoa, it isn't the, wait what uh, I don't like him now. <laughs> Ricky Davila saying, but yeah, Ewan McGregor is a great villain choice. Wanted to see him play a strong villain for quite some time. Would be very interested. I absolutely agree. I mean, I we haven't seen him do that kind of thing. And I think actually it would be yeah. really fun to see him let loose. And it's yeah. good for him. You know, now he's got another franchise under his belt outside of Star Wars. Senior and- Nerd asking, uh, if Batman does pop up in Birds of Prey, would it be Affleck? Uh, Ricky Davila saying, please no Batman. Uh, do we need Batman in BOP? Bop. Um, why not let these women shine in their film? I'm, I'm, mm. I'm with Ricky on this. Yeah, yeah. me too. Um, and I think realistically, mm. I don't, I don't think if Batman is in Birds of Prey, it's going to be Ben Affleck. But, I mean, but, I but, be. but, yeah, but what if it were like you mentioned, like where it worked really well in Wonder Woman having Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Like there could be yeah. a scene at a museum function and Bruce Wayne is there. I mean, instantly people will get the connection. He doesn't need to. Move the plot. He yep. definitely no. shouldn't be there to help them out. He could be Stan Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone I, I, tired I, of Stan Lee cameos yet? I am. No. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm done, done with no, them. No, I'm not. Stop being cute and funny yeah. now. And I'm like, oh, do you he, expect them? He, I'm glad he's getting the work. I, I'm he, with like you, Like, he Mr. needs Lee. it. Like he needs it. Okay, (laughs) let's move on from uh, from uh, from Black Mask, and let's move on to uh, one of the biggest threats of the week uh, in the industry. Uh, Mike Myers saying that Austin Powers Four is still in the works. I'm so excited about this. Are you? I am. I love Austin Powers so much. Me too. But. It's oh unlike- well, no, no, but Vern Troyer's gone now. So yeah. maybe Vern not, Troyer's not, gone. Not, no mini me. I'm just like also Mike Myers doesn't look like Mike Myers. I mean, he looks considerably older than Mike right. Myers now. He doesn't look like Austin Powers looked. For me, I'm like I am. I'm with you. I love the Austin Powers movie. I watched them again recently because I was like, oh, you know, are they as good as I remember. They hold they, up. They hold they up. They They're do. still really funny <laughs> movies. But I was also like, they're three really funny movies. Let's not mess that up. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I hear where you're going. I think in today's world, yeah, he's needed. I mean, I really do. I think that with, I think that Michael Myers can write something topical mm. and relevant for today. And as an aging spy, I mean, James Bond continues yeah. to go on and everything. 
I think that in today's world, it could be needed, and there's a lot to make fun of. No, abs- I, I do. I, 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 I kind of agree. But my concern, my overriding concern, would be what we've seen with other comedy franchises, sort of Zoolander 2, uh, Hangover, uh, Anchorman, where they, they've done an extra movie. They've done a second movie or right. a third movie or whatever. And it, it just simply hasn't... The, yes. the magic's gone. And that's this difficult thing with comedy, where if you just do a greatest hits, people feel like they've already seen it, so you miss the impact. If you then do something that is quite different, then people are like, well, it's not the same as before. It's very difficult to find a medium there mm-hmm. where the audience are, the majority of the audience are going to be happy. And I just, I'm kind of like, I agree with you. Now is the time to do it. I think whether you do it in the US, in the UK, in Europe, whatever, there's a lot of fun that could be had with this. And I think yeah, it would Especially be quite Especially with the Me Too movement. Oh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just I think, really... yeah, I, no, I agree. <laughs> and I know, I mean, I've, I've spoken to Jay Roach about this numerous times over the last couple of years. And I, I've, you know, I haven't spoken to Mike about it. But I know people want this. But I just think, I don't know. If you did one more... For me, four is a really odd it is. number I see what you're saying. in a series. And I'm just, I don't then want three more because there's no guarantee that if now we're <laughs> dealing with political stuff and socio political stuff and it works in 2018, which 2020 will hopefully be living in a different landscape. So it won't, it'll be looking back, it won't be as topical. Right. But then you, if you do three, you've got to do two more. And it's like, what's to say that the world will give you the material right. to make that relevant to do two more movies? Well, by the end of those three, you're not just like, oh, shit, can we just be done with this? And I'm this? not sure we And that's going to be like 2030. No, I agree. I, I mean, I- <laughs> just to guarantee they're going to be around. I... I- I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. I just say just you can just make a one-off. You don't need three, I think. And 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 again, with 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 the way Myers, Michael Myers, can operate, I think he's clever enough. Oh yeah. And pr- I'm I'm in. Just those little, little, little um, Saturday Night Live skits that he does right. at Doctor Evil every once in a while. Yeah. I He's mean, great on them, and they get so much traffic whenever he does them. Yeah, and and Doctor Evil today. Oh yeah, I know I mean, it's so I perfect. I just think I it's a relevant, topical. It's a comedy that's needed. I agree. Comedy has taken its hits lately. It's yes, hard. Yeah. And it's I'll be honest, hard. There's a lot of shit comedy yeah, someone, coming out. Oh, I'm just gonna read that, uh, that comment in the chat. That's good. Okay. In Zeno Hour, I'll chat that in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it. So I think a funny comedy is really. Needed as much as a feel-good movie. Yes, so talking I agree. Is really needed. But and I love what you were saying. Like it's so perfect for the Me Too movement as well because right. of how like he's so <laughs> not like that. Right. I, I mean, you're right. And I mean, the political stuff. I just I agree it, with him. I it, think it would be such a great such treat. a social <laughs> satire. Yeah. On yeah. everything, and he could put it together. I think he could weave it together great. Some points coming in on this. Uh, Jack Dennis saying Anchorman 2 is really good. I think it's good. I don't think it's as good as no. Anchorman. I don't think it's as good as Anchorman. No. Uh, Straight Edge Vegan Bell saying, I actually like Austin Powers now more than I did when they came out. Can't picture what a new one would be like. I'll be honest with you, the second Austin Powers movie, the first one <laughs> I discovered when it, it, it wasn't in a massive hit in, in theatres. No, I discovered no, I, went, no, right. I was in New York for the first time, and I went to see it with friends in Jersey. I made them go and see it. And we. We had a great time with it. Second one, I my God, that film is still one of my favorite comedies of all time. I went to see that in the theater a, a, an insane amount of me time. Too. And me it too. still makes me yeah. piss my pants laughing. Uh-huh. It is such a funny movie. Uh, Zeno Hour. This is fun from Zeno Hour. I think maybe instead of Austin Powers 4, make a Dr. Evil movie. Like Dr. Evil has to save Austin Powers or Dr. Evil becomes president. <laughs> Open brackets, Dr. Evil would be better than the current guy, I'm just saying. The thoughts of Zeno are. Just read them out. Sorry, just read them out. Uh, Jack Dennis saying, I'm up for one more Austin Powers. Bring back Michael Caine and have it be a father-son yes. movie. That's that's an option, but the, the Michael Caine stuff has kind of already been... I'd like to see Austin Powers' son. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. where Austin Powers is the father, there'll be a lot of stuff to struggle against, socio political stuff around that. Uh, Senior Nerd, how about Austin Powers crossing over with Johnny English? No. No. Scott Bus? <laughs> no. Uh, also, they're different studio properties, so True. that itself yeah. would be, a, would be a, a logistical nightmare. Scott Boswell, Scott Evil would have to be the villain, becomes a father son redemption yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. That's another yeah, good yeah, idea, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Ricky saying uh, character himself is so needed in today's day and age. I yes. really think so. And I 
think, to be honest with you, it's as much to poke fun at the left as it is to poke fun right, at the right. right. Oh, right, absolutely. Right, yeah. And, yeah. you know, as someone who is on the left, who is liberal, I'm, I'm more than happy to people doing really smart, funny yeah. comedy, poking fun at the left. That is, yeah. that is really well observed and satirical. I laugh at stuff about the left all the time. Where I'm like, that's so true. Yes. You know, so I'm not afraid to laugh at myself on yeah. the left and as sure. someone who is considered to be liberal. Go for it. But don't just go, liberals <laughs> fucking <laughs> your almond milk. <laughs> that's that's almond, not that's not a funny milk, thing. Almond yeah, milk. The, the almond milk. They drink almond milk. Oh, oh, yeah, soy, oh. soy milk, another one is, is a favourite. Is oh, a favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I no, I think I think that would work. Yeah, but I lots of so. lots of really good ideas there. I know, like I say, I know Jay and Michael have been working on something for quite a while. Whether we'll see it or not, I don't know. Whether it's going to be another Bill and Ted three type project, I don't know. It, and I think it would be good for Paramount. Yep. Oh, yeah. um, it would be good for to Paramount. get them back in. Yeah. You know, remember I mean, the marketing for the second one where they did the Star Wars? Yes, marketing. Yeah. that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Really, it, like we again, I, I swear, we need the, that type of a movie now because it's non-existent. I'm it not is. just talking really, comedy, really right. but I'm just talking satire of, of or spoofing. It's yeah. non-existent right. today, and when it's done right, it can be brilliant. And I think my, I think Myers can pull it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of people would like to 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 see that. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Netflix theatrical release for Roma, the ballad, uh, the <clears throat> ballad of Buster Scruggs, and Bird uh, Box are all set for several weeks before their streaming debut. So Roma. Uh, getting great reviews, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Bird Box, which is the new Sandra Bullock movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is coming out in a few weeks, showing at the AFI, actually, yes. uh, before their streaming debuts. This is not the first time that Netflix have done this. No. And Netflix have been talking about theatrical releases for a while. I'm behind this because I I mean, I, I think Netflix is kind of a deal, even though there's a lot of stuff on there that I wouldn't watch if you hate me. Um but there are some movies I think that they have on their service that deserve to be seen on the big screen. And I think if you then you put them in theatres and people pay 15 bucks or whatever to, to see them, some of that money goes back to creating new content. I think it's a really good idea. They shouldn't do it with everything. It shouldn't be a regular thing. I don't think it should get a full theatrical run. But I'm very on board with the idea of them releasing stuff in theatres. Having seen a couple already, like Oaksha. Which I'm really glad I saw on the big screen. So, yes. guys, thoughts on this? I, I want to say that I think it's smart that they're doing this with Roma. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I think a normal person watching Roma at home <clears throat> is going to turn Roma off within 20 minutes. Right. And, and I, I, don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful movie. It's, it's almost a masterpiece. But that first hour... For me, as someone who watches over 300 movies a year, was hard to sit through. Right. People in my my screening fell asleep. It's it's hard to watch that movie. Right. So I think if you were going to watch that at home, people would turn it off. So going to see it in the theater, I think, is going to get you to that first hour into the second half, and you're going to really love it. Yeah. So I think it's important. And also, I find I find that when you're in a movie theater, this is what everybody should do. I put my phone down. Yeah. Turn my phone right, off. right, right. I, I concentrate. I watch the movie, yes, and that's got my focus. I find even with movies that I love at home, I've got my phone out. I'm not paying yeah. attention. You're not, my wife I'm is talking either. to me. Yeah. You know, I'm disturbed by a noise by the neighbours or the dog does dogs, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm distracted. And I think with especially that kind of movie, and especially movies like, let's say, Bird Box, that build tension, you do need to be in an environment to see a movie like that, it's, where you really get what the filmmaker made the film to give to convey as a narrative or as an environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, I mean, with the, I mean, I don't know about Bird Box, but for me, Bird Box, like I just like saying Bird Box, Bird Box, Bird Box. <laughs> we were talking about like Quiet Place last last yeah. week, how it kind of reminds us of that. And Quiet Place for me was a, a must see in a movie theater oh, because absolutely. of the experience. And I've watched that at home, and it doesn't have the same. And that's effect. what I'm saying, and I feel that way. And in Roma, I think for the the sweeping visuals as well, you need to see that. Um, I don't know about the Coen Brothers movie, mm. uh, oh. especially since it's set up almost like a TV series. See, I think heard. you still have to see Coen Brothers movies on the big screen. <laughs> Hail Caesar, I watched on the big screen, and then I watched it at home, and it, it's still a great movie, but it doesn't have that same right. same atmosphere, the oh. same kind of environment that you need to watch it. No, no, and I, I'm gonna I taking a different tack on right. this. Oh. So, yeah. Number one, I'm all for, I'm 
anybody who knows me and, and the <laughs> jobs that I do, it really is all about in support of the movie going experience. Mm. By that, I mean going to the theaters. Netflix has been trying to be this disruptor all the time. The only thing they're doing is they're changing their own rules. They're not changing it because people have demanded this change. They're doing it so that they can be boxed or squeezed into Oscar contention, yes. okay? yes. They're only they've been doing yes. this like they've released movies like a week prior to them being on streaming. Yep. Uh Netflix just just follow the fucking rules. It's that simple. Amazon has done it. You can do it too, but Ted Sarandos wants to continue to be a disruptor. Mm. If you want your movies to be to be considered, and now everybody it's like they're treating us like like in the exhibition world like battered housewives because they're saying like, "Oh, here we go. Like, we're not going to play your movies because you only allow it a week in. Oh, so now you're going to be three weeks in. Oh, okay, maybe. Well, that's something. It's better than nothing. No, yeah. it's not better than nothing. Just go to that, 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 what today is the traditional 90 day window. Yes. And then put it on. You only benefit from doing that. You benefit because you're you're reaping all the rewards. Mm. You're going to get to stream it anyways. You'll get whatever Blu-ray DVD deal with whatever distributor is going to get that out there. Just play by but, the but, rules. But, but to their and, defense, <clears throat> this isn't there plenty of movies that you watch that you say I should have waited for streaming. Plenty yeah, of movies. Th- well, there are well, more than I would like to admit. Yeah, I yeah but yeah. I don't want those movies to get Academy Awards. I mean, I don't want them nominated. The whole reason they're doing this... Oh, well, yeah. That I agree with you 100%. The whole reason they're doing this is so that they can be taken seriously and be nominated for Best Picture. They want Best Picture. But what's weird about that, too... And they're so hungry for it. On that, though, with the Best Picture thing, let's look at a lot of audiences now are put off going to movie theaters because... It's fifteen bucks to go and see a it's, movie, I just, and also also it's accessibility. So there are a lot of factors in this. If you're living outside of a major um, sort of city yes. or metropolis, the chance of you getting Roma or or the or the or, the, or, or Ballad or Bird Box in your maybe Bird Box, but the other two very slim. If you're living outside of a major area, sometimes it's difficult to find these in LA and New York. Yeah, also. If you've already got Netflix and you're looking to pay $15 to go out and see the movie, you're probably not. If you're someone who's on the fence about a movie, you're not going to spend the $15, the average movie movie fan, to go and experience something in that environment. So, And I think if you're then in theatres for an extended time, it's then, as you, if you're an exhibitor, it is, as you know, we'll be taking up a valuable screen. You could be putting on a Bohemian Rhapsody or another screening of Peter Rabbit or a whatever. So I think there are a lot of factors in that. I agree with what you're saying, but I think there are a lot of additional factors that a lot of people who... these these award-nominated movies, normal people don't go and see them. No. But they get nominated anyways because They're they play more by the rules. They're more likely to watch them and, if and, they don't have to put their pants and, on and they can sit then, there on their ass and try them out with no additional expense. Nominated for an Emmy. It's not a theatrical. And to your point, though, you're a little bit off on those numbers because... Um, again, a company that I work for, we just released a, a movie-going experience survey. Mm. And with the movie-going experience is still important to people, even though there is streaming. It, and everybody it, streams, it is, right? But they pick but, the movies that they right, go to see right. very but specifically. They, But they like variety. They really they do. do. That is one thing yep. in that survey that, that that's like, why do you continue? Like, what keeps you going to the movies? And it's not just the tent poles. They yep. like to have the variety. So if Netflix, you really want to play the game, just build a distribution department, right? Release the movie. That is that is how the likes of Bleecker Street, that is how the likes of Neon. I mean, listen, the I Love uh, Tanya, was that what it was called? Um, I, Tanya? Yeah, I, Tanya. That movie, again, built up in such great word of mouth. And yeah. Margot Robbie was out there. They're a small company. Entertainment Studios is a small company. We need more smaller studios to release these pictures. And if it's a good enough picture, 
it will but, get on but fire. I agree, but what I think, I'll just, yeah, just sure. <clears throat> talk in a sec. I think a really key aspect, that I agree with all the points that you've made, 100%, and, and the research does indeed say that. I think part of the thing is the cost is also a factor. We can't ignore that in what people choose to see. So here's my solution, which is somewhere between where the research, the, the research sits and the reality of people, their financial situation and accessibility. It's if you go to see a movie where you know you're going to spend your $15. So it could be a Mission Impossible, it can be a whatever, it's something mainstream and populist. In order to encourage people to go and see these smaller movies that will be showing in their local movie theatres, is if you buy a ticket for Mission Impossible and Roma is also showing, once you've bought your ticket for Mission Impossible, you can then get a half-price ticket to go and see Roma. Or to go and see, to experiment. Take some of the financial pressure off those people who are like, I don't know if I want it, because they will want to experiment. But then they'll also take a friend and they'll also do this. Build in that financial model, give, incentivize people to take that risk. I, I think if the movie is good enough, look, Birdman did fairly well at the box office. It's not a huge, it's not like a commercial no, movie. No, no. Uh, Lady Bird, which got nominated yes. a lot. Like, look at this past summer, the three documentaries and how well they did. Look, if a movie is good enough to stand on its own and make that theatrical run, get platformed in New York, uh, LA, San Francisco, and then just broaden the base as it gets bigger and bigger, then then you have that deal. I like the incentivization. Yeah. It's a midway between sitting at home and watching it without your pants on uh, and agreed. going out to the movie theater. Agree. Where but, I agree a lot of these movies should be seen. But but a movie subscription too, like like whether AMC uh or Cinemark or whatever, look, let the movie grow and speak for itself. Give it the theatrical run that it deserves mm-hmm. and then see whether or not three weeks is nothing. Okay? Three, three weeks in a theater is nothing and people still aren't going to find it because they're not going to open it wide in three weeks. They're only going to be playing at iPix yeah. in, in smaller theaters that aren't everywhere to begin with. Yeah. So why not just grow it out? If it gets word of mouth and good criticism, uh, you know, good reviews, People will go. It may not reach a hundred million, but we don't need. We need singles and doubles, and we need variety. And if you are really hungry for that Oscar, just play by the rules. Scott. So I just wanted to say that I think film festivals are a great way to test movies, hmm. and I feel like I go to multiple film festivals a year. And the documentaries that you talked about uh, that came out earlier, "Won't You Be My Neighbor," three identical strangers, they were at Sundance. They had good word of mouth from Sundance. I think film festivals should be used as a jumping off piece Mm -hmm. to kind of see which movies they should push. Mm -hmm. Because the problem in your scenario is that they still have to market these movies. And the marketing for these movies is very expensive. And often quite bad. Yeah, and often quite bad. You know, how are you gonna how are you gonna market Roma to a normal person? I mean, it's it's really difficult. But it and I mean like Boyer Race is a great movie, but again, that's another movie where I don't know if it's gonna be marketed well to, well, to audiences. We'll need to move on from this in a second, but if you wanna make your point and then I'll I'll make a, a closing. I'm just saying it statement. doesn't have to be like you know, when you look at a movie like Moonlight, look, I'm all for Commercial movies being nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. I really am. And, it, and, if, and if people feel that Roma should be nominated or it, it, it is Best Picture category, well, put it out there. Mm. Like, just don't do it, Netflix, because you feel like it is. And the only thing Netflix really wants is to be able to thump their chest yep. and say, we got a Best Picture nomination. They're only moving their own goalpost. Yeah. Nobody helped them move it. It's just them doing what they want to do. I think that's fair. On your... No, I, I, I absolutely see, see your argument there. One thing that Scott mentioned was film festivals. Mm-hmm. Two things on film festivals. First of all, a lot of normal moviegoers mm-hmm. feel intimidated by film festivals. Yes. They feel very intimidated. They think it's like going to the, the opera where everybody is like Mr. Fancy Pants, you know, I shit Citizen Kane in the morning. You know, <laughs> it's it's that, that level of like toff, the, the toffs right. yeah, of, yeah. of the film industry. That, oh, well, to do, I would never watch a horror movie. Um, and I think some people find that unappealing. I want to take my hat off <laughs> to AFI because yeah. uh, the AFI festival uh, opens in LA, I think, end of next week. Um, what they are doing is they are offering free tickets to a number of their movies for people to go and experience these movies that perhaps they are curious about, 
but they don't want to spend $15 on a ticket, but they would still like to see the movie. I think that is a genius idea. I don't know if they've done that on previous years. I only became aware of it. They, they do. They do. Yeah. I think that's an amazing idea. It's a great and I idea. think it, it makes it, it opens up festivals, which are a great place to show off this content. And it's a great place for people who are like kind of on the fence to go, what do I have to lose? I have the cost of parking. I have, a, you know, an Uber or whatever. Or if I have a quiet afternoon, if the film is shit, I've lost almost nothing. Right. Then I can go and tell my friends that this fancy pants movie that I went to see with Nicole Kidman or whoever in it is, <laughs> is good. Yeah, or Bird Box. <laughs> go and see Bird Box. And then you go, don't see it on Netflix. You need to see it on the big screen. The evangelizing of normal people, I think, carries more weight than the evangelizing of people like us sometimes in the industry and film critics and journalists. Yeah, I'm just all for the... Just play by the rules. I'm yeah. all for the the thing. Now the the Cohen brothers. That is isn't that like a ten hour? Like it's it's, it's a it's a Snyder cut. It's, 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 really, oh, it's, it's sorry, <laughs> couldn't resist it. It's the thirty. I think it's thirty <laughs> minute segments. Yeah, I think it's a two and a, a six part. It's six part, yeah. but I thought it was like long. I think it's I, two I and, think, and a half hours. A couple of comments on this before we move on. (laughs) Uh, Zeno Hour wouldn't. uh, This is from Zeno Hour. Wouldn't Roma stand a better chance in the best foreign film uh, best foreign language film category than Best Picture? Uh, There you go. Uh, uh, Ricky saying uh, Roma is still my favourite this year. I know me and Scott discussed and disagreed at Telluride, but I highly recommend anyone in the chat to go see this on the big screen. It's Mm -hmm. an emotional marvel. Uh, I was saying I think Netflix uh, can really pop and sustain its business model if it slightly adjusts it and i'll get to that point in just a second before we move on outlaw king being released by fox searchlight wine released whether the reviews are good or not could do okay maybe not braveheart numbers but still do better if you were just streaming i just want to go back to netflix uh, rema- uh really popping and sustaining its business and what the comment you made about it being a disruptor you can only be a disruptor for so long mm. if you put that out there as you're a disruptor you, other people are going to start following that model because when you see something that works, people follow what works. They'll want to replicate it. And then you're not a disruptor anymore. You become the norm. So I think Netflix have a little bit longer, maybe a year or two, on being an industry disruptor. And then I do think they need to refocus their model and find another way of being different in the market because people are going to see that it works, right. positive and negative. And has an effect, positive and negative. And I think you can only you can only be if that's if that's a major string to your bow. You need to occasionally buy a new bow because bow bows <laughs> wear out. Now I agree, but here's the thing: because of Netflix, um, you know, there are so many other streaming avenues today. Yes, right. Yes. And and then you look at what Amazon has has been attempting to accomplish. Now, they had the Manchester by the Sea. Yes. Okay, now Amazon has a distribution department, Amazon Studios. There's nothing saying that Netflix can't have Netflix Studios. Yeah. I wouldn't be offended, if, unless the movie's horrible, but I wouldn't be offended to go to a movie where the Netflix logo co- pops up, just like I'm not offended when I see the Amazon Logo people pop don't, up in don't front care. of it. No, they don't. don't care. They just want to see a good movie, right? right? Now, where Netflix has done what I think Netflix, where they've been brilliant, is by going to the studios, going, okay, we know you have a piece of shit in this Cloverfield movie, right? right, right? Yeah, right. We'll buy it from you. And we'll show it exclusively streaming. That helps the studio. Yeah. That's where the synergy works. Give us less crappy movies in the theater. Netflix will play. They 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 get a lot of viewability on that way. Yeah, that's where I think that they win. I just say if you really want Oscar contention, just just play just play by the rules that everybody else does. Take the risk. I get it. Take the risk. Okay, let's move on from this. A really interesting discussion, actually, on that. A lot of really interesting different viewpoints. So thank you for contributing to that. Hey, who'd like an exclusive? (laughs) Go for it. Only if it's cheeky. Only if it's cheeky. Only if it's cheeky. All right, cheeky cheeky sneak coming. Cheeky little. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sound of fun. So, okay. (laughs) So, uh, silence, silence, please, for the exclusive. Uh, It's an interview that's just gone live on Forbes, uh, one of the 
one of my pieces this week. Uh, background to the story, Die Hard is about to head back into movie theatres for two days only. Um, it's uh, later this month, uh, the, the, uh, the details are in the article. Uh, it's part of Fathom Events' ongoing celebration of movies that are hitting milestones. Um, I had a chat this week with uh, Reginald Vell Johnson, uh, who is obviously Al Powell. Uh, in the movie um, we were talking about Die Hard the movie being re-released his relationship with Bruce Willis and everybody else and his time on set now we know him from Die Hard as, as Al Powell mm. and we talk about you know Die Hard would he make a return to the franchise that's covered in the interview I throw out the idea of potentially a, an Al Powell standalone TV series a spin-off TV series we discussed that another movie that he was well known for um, was before Die Hard it was a movie called Crocodile Dundee yes uh, he played Gus, the limo driver, right. who takes Crocodile Dundee, Paul Hogan, all around uh, New York. We heard a couple of months ago that Paul Hogan was going to be doing a Crocodile Dundee sequel. Then it all kind of went quiet. And everyone was like, okay, great, of course you are. Gus told me, and this is in the interview. Gus. <laughs> uh, sorry, um, sorry, uh, Reginald, <laughs> Gus. Uh, Reginald's just told me that, that he has just returned from Australia, where he spent three weeks working on this Crocodile Dundee sequel, which he's seeing, they're seeing as a sequel to the original Crocodile Dundee. Right. Uh, he returns as Gus. He's done three weeks of filming, which means that Gus has a larger role uh, in, in this film, hopefully. They've given him a lot of stuff to do, which is great. Uh, that's not been previously released. Uh, pretty much the fact that anything other than Paul Hogan in this movie has, has Hugh Jackman's been, in it, too. Hugh Jackman's going to be in this. Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> so rap has done on the Crocodile Dundee right. sequel. Uh, and we now know that uh, Reginald is going to be returning as Gus. So if you want to hear more about that, uh, it is in my article that is on Forbes. It, it went live uh, about sort of uh, 40 minutes ago. Check that out. Feel free to like, tweet, share. That's always appreciated. But yeah, so uh, so Gus returns in the Crocodile Dundee sequel. Cheeky. And also, Very and cheeky. also, he does confirm that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> it is a Christmas movie. There's no. It is a Christmas movie. If you say. I'm going to believe Reginald. I believe, I believe Reginald. Reginald. So yeah. No. But there you go. So uh, yeah. So check that article out. Uh, it's it's on Forbes now. Entitled no. Reginald Vell Johnson talks Die Hard at thirty and Crocodile Dundee sequel. Check I it out. I'll be tweeting the link out later. As well. Thought that the Crocodile Dundee thing was just a a hoax. It was a commercial. Right. Well, this I is Danny McBride. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was something that was done uh, to promote the Australian Tourist Board. Right. And a lot of people then were like, Oh, is there going to be a movie? And there was like, This is not a new Crocodile Dundee movie. But Paul Hogan has been for quite a while developing this uh, this Crocodile. Dundee movie um, and it started filming a little while ago it's now wrapped obviously Reginald's done he returns as Gus which is great uh, in Australia so I'm interested to see what they do with that. We, can't, we can't we can't get Austin Powers for but we get <laughs> Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. So a couple well, of people uh, are talking about this. That's showbiz. That's showbiz. We have no control of Hollywood. <laughs> we can just express our opinions. Zeno uh, was saying no to Die Hard Year <laughs> One. I mean, Reginald says in the interview he's <laughs> open. He is opening to. Uh, he's open to returning um, as as Al, um, which I think would be great. I'd really yes, love to. He's I, one of my favorite characters like in him. Die Hard. Isn't he also in was Family, Family Matters? matters yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 He had a so, long run on that yeah, show. Yeah. When's that becoming a movie? And Ricky is saying that surprise that Simon's uh, <laughs> surprised that Simon's exclusive didn't come straight from Jason Blum and Blumhouse. Me too. Lol. Hey, yeah. hey I, can't, I can't drop a Blumhouse nugget every week. I know. We don't have anything from Blumhouse. We don't have anything from Blumhouse. I know. I looked. Except they, I looked. they broke records I think again. he's on vacation. I yeah. think he took a break. Yeah. yeah. I think he took a break over it's Halloween. Let's touch on a couple of things before we get to the week's big releases. We've got 10 minutes left on the show. Willow C is a Lucasfilm project that's coming from director Ron Howard uh, he's currently not involved this was off the back of Ron Howard doing an appearance in a, a movie theatre in uh, Santa Monica last week for a screening Parenthood. of Willow oh yeah. Parenthood Parenthood and Willow yeah. they did like a series of his movies oh, really? but yeah they did a screening of Willow and uh, and Ron was in, in attendance oh. uh, yeah so so yeah so uh, apparently it is uh, the Willow sequel is moving ahead but it's a Lucasfilm project he's not involved thoughts on that very quickly do you like Willow I do. It's, I yeah. do, but I don't. I another love one. It. I don't know. I, I, well, I wouldn't. I think it's too late yeah. because Val, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I'm not sure health wise. Mm. I mean, who are you going to do? So you'd still have Warwick Davis, right? Um, 
Uh, I forget because I used to. Oh my! I love the actress opposite that uh, Joanne. Uh, was it Worley? Joanne Worley, but yeah. she was then Worley Kilmer because obviously yeah. she married Val and I didn't go. Um, no, but, but I loved her too. Uh, you know, it's a fun movie. I don't know if they're rebooting it. I don't know what they're doing. I think it's going to be a, a, a sequel. I mean, Warwick Davis is going to be in it. Sure. Cool season. Okay. Uh, there's a new Flash Gordon movie coming from the Overlord director, Julius Avery. I'm seeing Overlords uh, next week. Very excited about that. Uh, thoughts movie. on that? I mean, I love the original Flash Gordon. It's cheesy as fuck, but I, I love <laughs> it. You know? Yeah. You like it for being bad. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, that's yeah. what you like it for. I, I hope... There's too I, many movies like that now. Yeah, where like and for we being don't bad. need another like yeah. hero. Look, if they sort of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't look if they if they take it somewhat seriously and don't go that route. Flash Gordon could be a lot of fun. Mm. Why not? I think if they took it fun, funny, I think that would be too much Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'd like it to go more serious. Yeah. Uh, Hitman's cool. Bodyguard sequel is officially happening. Oh. Oh. Uh, I, I original cast set to return. Yeah. Oh. Good for them. I was actually a little bit surprised. I mean, how much did that movie make? It made a lot. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a big hit. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, then I. It was I the only movie it. that did well that August. Me no likey. Sure. Uh, right. Hitman. Uh, the uh, Martin Lawrence is a bad boy for ah. life. Confirms return of bad boys. Let it boys go. Three. Let it go. There was a, <laughs> there was a. There was a social media video that Will Smith put out this week of him yeah. and Martin Lawrence on the beach in L.A. Jesus. I think that's where Martin Lawrence lives now. Yeah, me too. I think I think he found him on <laughs> Venice Beach. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, it's, it's oh, wow. happening. They're both back. I uh, I'm amazed they managed to get hold of Martin Lawrence. To be honest with you yeah uh, I mean what else is he doing I, I mean not to be too hard on him he he was great but he has what Big Mama's house done it no. <laughs> I didn't mention any specific too. films Three. but um, no I thought he was really funny but I'm I'm, I mean uh, yeah I'm I, I look forward I, to Bad Boys <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's I not like, because of Martin Lawrence it's because of him and Will Smith yes. I, uh, you know, yeah you know I actually again I don't dislike the Bad Boys Me movies oh, I and love I think, them and I think the both of them together yeah. are comedic gold yes. like they really are you know they, they're a, a, a different version of Martin and Riggs like they're really good together, those guys. I think, and I'm I'm all for it. I forget who's directing or who's supposed to. Be Michael Bay. No, I'm just no, kidding. he's I don't not. Know. I'm just kidding. But I'm down. Sure, why not? Uh, and and still no Austin Powers four. What question? Yeah, is yeah, true. Yeah. One final thing before we get to the week's big releases: uh, Nightmare on Elm Street star Heather Langen Camp would love to do another sure sequel. She would. Of course, sure bring, she it, bring would. him back. Bring yeah, him back. I mean, seriously, I would be up for. I mean, despite what I said earlier about the oh and odd, you know, having an extra film because Nightmare on Elm Street yes. wasn't a trilogy; it continued. I'm actually up for another one of those. It's mildly OCD, I think. I know. Um, but yeah, I would be up for another Nightmare. <laughs> I mean, having seen Halloween and we, you know, the success of. Jamie Lee Curtis coming back as Laurie Strode. I say, why not bring why her not? back and let's why do that? Not? Let's yeah. bring Robert Englund back and let's bring it back. Backstreet's back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, there now, you go. I'm down for it. I mean, <laughs> I really was a fan of. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> That's Sing fine. it out. Sing nobody, it out. Loud. Nobody see me tear my, tear my shirts off in a waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was a fan of Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Which brought that cast back too. Yes, I thought he did a really good job. Um, again, bringing them back under the right helm and right producers and the right screenplay. Sure, why not? I mean, he is a character that I think is prime for making a big comeback on the screen. Mm. Why not? Talking a big comebacks on the screen, and someone just ha. put in the chat, "Who would do the Flash Gordon two soundtrack? It would have to be Queen." Which ties in nicely oh, yes. with the week's big releases. Ha! Okay, uh, let's give a bit of love to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, did previews last night of 3.9 million on Thursday. Looking at a weekend of 35, uh, 35 million, I think it could bring in more. I Me think we too. could see 40, maybe 45, but I think definitely 40. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. A lot of people giving this movie, a lot of critics not really loving it. I don't know quite why. Um, and everybody has their own opinions and their own tastes. I was very impressed and very pleased with Bohemian Rhapsody. That movie moved me in a way that I was not expecting it to move me for a number of reasons. Um, and I found it quite an emotional journey. Maybe that's because I'm an old fuck. 
And I I remember Queen the first time round, and I remember Live Aid, and I don't know what it was. It was the euphoria. It was like memories. It was I don't know. But I, and I thought the performance by Rami Malek was amazing. Um, it it really it it seriously. Uh, it, it it touched me. Yeah. Did you see it? I haven't. I, I no. I I, I couldn't. And make it's a yes great right movie. Now. You need to this see theaters. Go ahead. No, no. You go first. I was gonna say I was. O- I've only really been inspired to see the movie because of you two. I mean, like you two gentlemen right here. I use the term loosely. Gentlemen, that yeah. is. Oh yeah. Um, I'm gentle. No, but <laughs> I'm also a man. Okay. Wouldn't call me really? gentle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Because after you were talking about it, and then you just, like, then you saw it, and you were singing its praises, and then I saw the reviews. I'm like, what did you guys see, or what did they see or not see? But you, I mean, I definitely, it was because of you two that. You two are in it. It's Queen. Oh. No. No, It's not a U2 movie. Okay. So, the both of you. Yes. um, Because of your (laughs) praise. Uh, really is what what really urged me to go see it. The first trailer I thought was okay. Mm. It was their later marketing. Yeah, that kicked in with everything that you said, and I'm like, going, okay, I'm in. If these two guys really like this movie as much, and, and you've you've showered it with praise, yeah, I'm like I'm in. Well, I want to so just say, you. I just want to tell you that the comments. I don't know if you've read any of the reviews. The reviews mm-hmm. are criticizing this movie for being a different movie. They're yeah. not criticizing the movie because of the movie that it is. This is not a Freddie Mercury movie. It's a movie about Queen. Well, something that Scott Derrickson actually um, uh, posted so on Twitter today <laughs> was about the fact that a lot of people are complaining about because the the movie isn't the movie they wanted it to be. Right. Right. And he's very much, and obviously Scott has made some some great movies, yes. and he, you know, such as Doctor Strange and various other things. And he was like, "Don't judge a movie on the fact that it's not the movie that you wanted it to be. Judge it on the movie that it is." Right. And I think that, that some people are forgetting that. And it's like, movies are not. It's it's not Postmates. It's not Deliveroo. <laughs> it's not you order a pizza and a pizza turns up with the toppings that you want. Someone else makes a movie and you watch the movie. Right. That movie is the one that you're judging. That is the movie that you're criticizing. That is the one that you're finding an opinion or the one that you're praising. Don't get bent out of shape because yeah, when you're winky. Yeah. Or don't 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 go and see. They're like, any oh, movie. they didn't dive that much into his sexual history, and it's like, do you really want to watch that? And if you did want to watch that, that would well, be an A twenty four movie or an independent film. It wouldn't be a big studio film. But right. then you'd Plus, also get people going, Queen. Like, why are they concentrating on his sexuality right. and yeah, not yeah, on the movie? Right. There's more yeah. people in Queen than Freddie Mercury. Right. He was the front man. Right. It's about the band Queen. And and you know, it's interesting what you both just said because this is that. This is that Star Wars yeah. spillover, and I find it fascinating listening to the conversation, yeah. seeing that now it's spreading into just regular commercial movies that aren't part of a franchise, yeah. where people are reviewing the movie that they wanted to see, and they've got something different. So now this seems to be a first example when people are going to a commercially made movie by 20th Century mm. Fox, and people are saying, well, that's not what I wanted to see. Well, but, but no, what did you want to it's, see? It's critics saying that. It's not people. It's it's, it's always critics saying the this. The audience Which, are, are which getting... is funny because we're so critical about yeah. things, but we can't <laughs> take things for what it is sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we've got three minutes left. We started two minutes late, Sorry. so we're going to take two extra minutes. So we've got three minutes on the clock, so we just need to touch on a couple of things. Sure. My recommendation is go and see Bohemian Rhapsody. Go and see it in a movie theater. If you can, go and see it in Dolby Atmos. Full disclosure, I yes. sometimes work with Dolby. It does make a huge difference. It does. And even the filmmakers it's, agree with it's that. So definitely go and see it. Not that. playing at Dolby at the AMC. But it's, it is playing some places in IMAX this yeah, weekend. So if you, that's another yes. format that is worth experiencing in as well. Okay, also coming out this week, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Uh, I missed the screening for that this week. <laughs> Thanks, Traffic in LA. Who knew? You're, you're okay. okay. You're okay. Yeah, me, why I missed Bohemian. It, it's, it's a little bit better than mm. Wrinkle in Time. A little bit. That's uh, it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a mess. That's not on the posters. No, uh, and also, <laughs> and also, boy erased. Oh, boy erased. I have to talk about. This right. is an amazing movie. If you live in LA, yeah, you have to go seconds. see it. Yeah, just go see it. Amazing. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Well, that was less than ninety seconds. Yeah, there you uh, go. Fantastic. Just... Uh, okay, so a lot to get through on the show this week. We just managed to squeeze it in. Uh, <laughs> recommendation of the week is go and see Bohemian Rhapsody. It might not be the movie that you want, but it's the movie you're paying to see. And I'll be honest with you. <laughs> no. 
I, I was I was I... more than happy with that. Also, keep it on the TV. I've seen my, my name on there, which is pretty nice. Yeah, nah. pretty That's nice. awesome. I'm not Freddie Mercury. Um, I can't wait. Malik deserves really... an award nomination for that. He does. Guys, who are you? Uh, let's start with Dimitri. Uh, Dimitri Panos. Uh, hey, movie fans. I'm here on Meet the Movie Press, Popcorn Talk Networks, and also Anatomy of a Movie, which we will be doing Bohemian Rhapsody next Friday. We'll be taking the deep dive and talking about Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, Scott. Uh, You can find me at L-A-O-F-C-S Weekly. hey And that will be at 11 a.m. today, and then Black Tomatoes on Sunday at 5 p.m. Sorry, now I've got fucking Queen in my head. Okay. Uh, Thunderbolt and Lightning, very, very frightening. Me, I'm Simon Thompson, at Showbiz Simon. Galileo! Galileo! Galileo Figaro! At Showbiz Simon on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find my Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. Check out my work on Forbes. Check out my work everywhere else, from Reuters to E! News. It's uh, it's okay. Uh, we've got to go. I'm off to talk to the cast of Fantastic Beasts. I like saw the movie you. last night, but I cannot tell anything about it! You can't talk about can't it! Can't tell anything about it! Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Like, subscribe, share the show if you like it. If you don't, keep quiet about it. Uh, <laughs> we love it if you write reviews on iTunes. Very much appreciated. Please be nice. Please be fun. We're all a family on the show. Comment, subscribe, like, do whatever. Have a great weekend, and don't forget, midterms next week, whichever side of the aisle you're on, make sure you vote. It's really important. Yeah. We will see you next week, everybody. Bye. See ya. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.